Welcome to The Urban Doctor. My name is Darren Bartlett, your host of this show where we talk about health and life. And today we're going to be exploring something very intriguing. This is a disease uh, that has been, you know, complex, a complex disease to human mankind. And I'm talking about sickle cells. And in the studio, I have my friend, a regular now, I think we should give her a permanent seat here on the Urban Doctor. Her name is Dr. Victoria Njanabahanji. She has always come here to, you know, give us, um, maybe give us some answers to the questions that we have. And she'll be discussing with us sickle cells. How are you, doctor? Fine, thank you. How are you? Welcome again. I think now you, you're you going to be a, a regular. We shall just make you a host in this place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chisanja. Just uh, not to sign the permanent now <laughs> <laughs> for life. Yeah. Okay, doctor, we, we have a complex um, disease, um, and like I said, it's a complex to mankind, mm. uh, about, given the things that I've read about it and probably the things that you're going to be telling us about. But mm. to a viewer, what is sickle cells? Mm. So, sickle cell is a disease which is genetic, meaning you are born with it mm -hmm. based on the genes that you inherit from your parents, mother and father. Mm -hmm. And usually you require two genes, one from your mother, one from your father, that are identical. And um, once you have those two genes, in the medical term, we label them S and S. Once you have S and S, then you are known to be a sickler. Mm -hmm. Yes, so it is a, a, a disease that you are born with what we call a congenital disease that affects your red blood cells. Primarily, that's what it does. Because we're supposed to have red blood cells that are circular and they carry oxygen and nutrients. But for sickle cells, they are sequeled, C-shaped, like the sickle okay. that we use to harvest um, cereals, which is abnormal. And it is a condition that you are born with. So how does one tell that I actually have sickle cells? So usually um, those who have it are diagnosed or they get to know about it. It's the parents actually who get to know about it when they are young. Commonly babies will start to fall sick. Um, usually we detect it around four to six months because I, usually babies are supposed to be okay, but you realize this baby keeps getting infection after infection, then you re, what we call bacterial infections, then you realize the baby cries a lot unnecessarily, mm. then you realize that probably they have um, swollen fingers and toes, then you start, as when you bring the child to hospital, we will start to think, is there a possibility that this child actually has sickle cell? Then they'll be anemic because there's a stain level of blood that we expect a normal child or a normal baby to have. So if we check your HB, your hemoglobin level, and it is low, then we start to suspect why should this child have such a low HB? Because at birth, you actually have a very high HB, which hemoglobin, which is supposed to reduce, but to a certain level. So if it is abnormally low, we will also start to think along those lines. Okay, so uh, that, that's quite interesting. And I want to go back to the point you say that um, it's passed on, it's, it's mm -hmm. a genetic, it's a genetic mm. kind of disease. Mm. What are the possibilities that the parent does not know they have sickle cells? Mm. Because if it's passed over, mm. then you would say 
why then are you having mm, a baby mm, who is going to mm. be sick this way? Yeah. Okay, so we have, like I said, to be a sickler or to have sickle cell, you need two genes. Now, there are cases where you carry the gene, so you're called a carrier, a carrier meaning okay. you have one gene that's okay, then you have the sickled gene and you're carrying it. Mm -hmm. Those kind of people actually are normal. They live a normal life. So unless if you have tested for one reason or another, to know your status, you probably wouldn't know because you're normal like any other human being. Mm. So mm. that is why we end up having many sicklers. You find a carrier marries a carrier, and then somehow they passed on their carrier gene from mother and the carrier gene from father, and then they end up with a sickler. Is, is it possible to have, okay, well if one parent is a carrier mm. and the child becomes positive of uh, mm. sickle cell. I don't know if the word positive mm. is the right word to use mm. here. And the, the, the child has mm. sickle cells mm. Mm. Okay. One, one, one parent, one parent, yeah. Yeah, one parent can be a carrier and one is a sickler. There you can get a sickle cell child. Or both parents could be carriers and they give birth to a sickler. That's a little bit worrying. So what are some, I, I see you were talking about some of the symptoms, but as mm. that signs in a kid, mm. how about an adult? Mm. Uh, what are, are they the same symptoms? Mm. Or? It's quite unusual for somebody to get to adulthood without, without having ever it. been detected to have sickle cell. Because like I said, things like they are, uh, sickle cells have a short lifespan, first of all. Mm. Their lifespan is about 10 to 20 days for their red blood cells, whereas for normal people, they're about 120 days. Mm -hmm. So the chances of someone who is a sickler being anemic are so high. And then once you're anemic, you're not getting enough oxygen, so they'll start to get bony pains because... Um, the blood vessels, first of all, the blood cells are few, but then the blood vessels also are getting blocked because that abnormal sickling, the cells tend to stick together. So they block blood vessels, could be to the bones, could be to the brain, so different tissues could be to the eyes. So by the time you get to adulthood, it's unusual that you've not experienced any of these symptoms for the diagnosis to be made. So by the time they're adults, they've had what we call painful crises. That's they usually have pain in their bones, their extremities. They've probably, as babies, had the swollen fingers and, and toes, what we call dactylitis, mm -hmm. because of blocked vessels. Some of them have probably had a stroke because maybe blood vessels to their brain were blocked by clumps of these cells. Some have vision problems, so you, they get to use spectacles early. And then the frequency of infections also is quite high because they don't get proper nutrition, um, there's blockage of blood supply. Then they get chest pain, what we call acute chest syndrome, mm -hmm. because of the same thing. Blood is not going where it should go, so their chest bones start to hurt. They they are prone to pneumonia because of poor nutrition and growth. So these are some of the things. So it's unusual to get adulthood without it being detected. Does it have stages? No, we we just um, classify it as severe if you've had complications. But if you've not had complications, if it was detected early and the parents have been told what to do then you don't get there. How would you manage sickle cells like a person? So I'm cell? glad that they are showing the yeah. picture. So these are the normal red cells, nicely rounded. Yeah. And then those are the sickle cells. 
So you can see they are shaped like a sickle, like rice granules. So they um, tend to clump together, oh. and that is what causes the blocking of, of blood vessels. And then they break down, they are brittle, so they break down quickly. Like I said, their lifespan is about 10 to 20 days, which is quite abnormal compared to the normal ones that last 120 days. So you generally have few cells, you have lack of oxygen, you don't have the nutrients that are carried by the cells to where they're supposed to be, and that is the main problem. So how does a patient who has sickle cells, um, how are they supposed to manage their lives? Okay. You know, so from childhood once, to... Okay. So once you have been diagnosed with sickle cell, there are certain things that we recommend. Number one, we encourage hydration, drinking a lot, because we are trying to increase your blood volume and avoid the blockage that we spoke about. Mm. Two, we are going to encourage you to have a diet that um, is rich in iron-building foods yeah. or high in iron concentration because we want to provide the materials, which is the iron, to generate more red blood cells. So we'll tell you to drink things like porridge, the millet porridge. We'll tell you to take things like liver if it's available. We'll tell you to have some meat because um, it also has iron. We will tell you to take all these things, green vegetables, to increase your iron stores so that you can have enough red cells and then drink a lot to increase the fluid. That's one. Then two, usually we encourage them to be in a clinic for follow-up where we monitor how much blood they have so that if their blood levels are low, we can give them transfusion. So we'd like to thank those who are out there and donating blood because our sicklers time and time and again have required blood transfusion because we have we have no choice but to increase their stores. Then we give them vaccines more frequently than the normal population to prevent especially pneumonia. So we will give them um, a vaccine called PCV, which uh, protects them against pneumonia more frequently than the general population. We will sometimes, and in most cases, we do give antibiotics to protect them from getting pneumonia because once they get it, they have difficulty in breathing, they're going to get that chest pain, that acute um, uh, chest syndrome, which we're trying to avoid. So we give them vaccines, we prophylax them with antibiotics, they need to drink a lot, they need to improve their nutrition. And then we have a drug that they have been using on the market called hydroxyurea, which has been shown to be beneficial for them. So for those who are able to, because um, we cannot provide, government cannot provide for everybody, but those who are able to have it procured, uh, we encourage them to have it. And then the last resort mm. for those who have had severe forms and we are trying to save life is a bone marrow transplant. You know, you talked about transfusion mm. and now you've brought uh, a marrow, a bone marrow bone transplant. Marrow. Mm. But there was a question and mm. it, I picked it from social media mm. when we posted uh, something about sickle cells. And um, Ali, uh, gentleman is called Ali, mm. Ali and another name that is source basically it mean made a source early mm. source but his question was um can blood transfusion cure mm. can blood transfusion cure sickle cells mm. so blood transfusion does not cure because even when we transfuse like i said all these cells have a lifespan so it is let me say a quick fix to save life Mm -hmm. So we do not cure, we are just fixing the problem as we support the body to 
find a way to generate more cells and to prevent other infections that usually complicate the situation. So in a, in, in a mind that even when this blood is out and you're putting in fresh blood, mm. that's not curing. Yes, just that's not curing. It's not curable, except if you have... The only thing that has shown cure so far is bone marrow transplant. Curing yes, cells? Yes, yes. That means they totally get rid of your bone marrow, which is what produces these cells, red cell, and red give cell. you healthy bone marrow from a donor, so it starts to produce healthy cells. Do we, so they wipe your bone marrow clean. Do we do it in Uganda? Currently not. Ali, you have your response right there. So um, how, how, what, you talked about uh, the things that people should be, be, uh, be able to eat, but what are the po potential complications or health risks associated with sickle cells? Mm. So some of them include um, a stroke, which is really one of the severe forms. And mm. I say that stroke means uh, blood vessels to your brain have been blocked by these sickled cells. So it means you lose function because that part of the brain is not getting blood. Whatever functions the brain was instructing the body to perform, mm. you can't perform them anymore. So these are people who wake up, you went to bed, you were well, then you wake up and maybe one side of your body cannot work or you can't speak. And then we have complications such as loss of vision, poor vision, or actually total loss of eyesight, blindness. Because the blood vessels that are going to your eyes, to your retina, have been blocked, so there is no blood supply, and the retina dies off, so you can't see. Or if we get it early, then there is just vision loss. Mm -hmm. Then we have the frequent infections that we mentioned. So these children or as adults are in and out of hospital all the time. And this has caused some tension in some families because this week you're in, you get treated, next week you come back to the hospital and the bills are enormous. So um, that's another one. Then there's the painful crisis. It can actually be so painful. Usually what brings them to hospital is the unbearable pain. Once those blood vessels to the different parts of the bodies, especially bone, are blocked, the pain is excruciating. So it's what brings them to the hospital. So they have bone pain. So they'll tell you, my bones are hurting. I am in so much pain. So those painful crises. Um, so any organ really can be blocked. The blood vessels can actually be blocked by these sickled cells, and then it will its functionality will be reduced. Then we have for the men a condition called priapism. Mm -hmm. Priapism is sustained ejaculation. It can also be uncomfortable, but also painful. So once the blood vessels, because for the pain is to erect, there has to be increased blood flow. So if there's increased blood flow and there's blockage, then the erection is sustained. That's worry. Mm. But anyway, um, <laughs> still sinking in, eh? mm. <laughs> it's okay. But anyway, um, someone asked a question, and mm. I've had this myself a number of times mm. um i don't know if it's a myth or not mm. um and, and i don't want to worry the public that is viewing but you're a doctor and you can help us on this mm. um, there's there's always people saying that 
people with red blood cells cannot go past a certain age. With the, you like, mean a lot of red blood cells? Well, I mean, putting it straight mm. is that when you have red, red uh, when you have sickle cells, you cannot live more than forty years. Mm. It's a myth. It's because um, sometimes people cannot don't have access to this information of how they are supposed to be looked after. Mm. That's one. Two, sometimes they don't know how to recognize the danger signs of the severe forms that we mentioned coming on. But um, there are quite a number of testimonies of people that we know that have done very well even with their sickle cell. Um, personally, I know one of the best surgeons whose name I won't mention, who mm. mentored me when I had just joined the career. And he's a sickler, but by the time I met him, he was already over 50. And he's doing his surgeries, he's been doing very well. I have not had him have cases that have gone bad. Mm. And he's a sickler. So once they are educated, that is why we encourage that they need to stay in care in a clinic that particularly handles those with sickle cell. Because they are focused on doing research and finding out what new things are out there that can help our population. So once they know, the information will trickle down to the beneficiaries who are the sicklers and their families. So those who are in care are doing well. The challenge is these clinics are in a few uh, spots or locations mm -hmm. within the country. So sometimes we have sicklers out there who cannot access care because the facility is quite far. So those ones, we can't blame them. Sometimes they do the best they can, but maybe they need a blood transfusion. Maybe they have an infection that needs to be treated. Maybe they are coming down with a stroke, but they can't get to the facility where they can get care. But if they are able to get care, they actually do survive. So it is a myth. It's just a myth. Yes. So if you have sickle cells, you can live as long yes, as, you know, as long like as any other person yes. who is available there out mm. there. So mm. the people who have sickle cells, mm. uh, are there particular lifestyles mm. uh, they should follow, mm. um, you know, to, to minimize their, mm. you know, their health risks out there? Mm -hmm. Um, just like um, other individuals, they need to be mindful about their diet, like we said, because they have uh, special needs. They need high iron to replace their red cells, which are quickly breaking down. Mm -hmm. But also they need to have a balanced diet because, like I said, they have compromised blood supply to the different organs. And usually one of the things we've noted is because of that, their growth is slower. So you'll find that children who are sicklers, they get to puberty later mm -hmm. because of these things, um, because of the complications they have had and because of decreased nutrient supply. So they need to have a balanced diet, but being mindful that they should have foods that are high in iron to build on their iron stores. So that's diet. Two, they need to, as usual, be fit and exercise get those uh, body parts moving so that you also increase, as you exercise, you're increasing your oxygen uptake. Which oxygen they need because they have a fewer red cells, except if they have had one of the interventions that we mentioned. So they need to exercise, they need to eat right, they need to hydrate a lot like we mentioned, mm -hmm. so they need to drink a lot of fluid. Um, either close to the regular person or even higher than the regular person. Then they need to be mindful of 
if they get any infection or if they fall sick, they shouldn't wait out and say, let me wait out and see how this will unfold. They need quick intervention. So when they fall sick, they need to be able to go to a health facility and get treatment early enough. Okay, uh, there's a question here from uh, Brenda who says, um, I know someone who is pregnant and has sickle cells, but can there be an early detection uh, of an unborn baby of whether they have sickle cells or not? Yes, there is a procedure called amniocentesis where they can actually pick a sample from the baby when they're in the uterus. They insert a needle and pick a sample and they can do some testing to see if the baby has sickle cell or not. So yes, it can be done while the mother is still pregnant, but having sickle cell is not a death sentence. So even when you find out that the child has sickle cell, all you need to do is start to read up and get information on About it. how do you handle this baby? How do you handle this child? Because we say the baby needs to, or the child needs to hydrate a lot. So you have to know that you have to be a mother, for instance, who will breastfeed a lot more because the baby can only breastfeed. So you're not going to lax on your breastfeeding. You have to be intentional about breastfeeding so that your baby gets a lot more of um, the breast milk. Two, you also have to have a diet that will be high in iron because your baby also will need the iron which they get through breast milk so you're not going to eat like everybody else without being mindful you have to be mindful how you eat you need to be aware that should i start to see my child's fingers swell or when i touch them should they cry and yet there is no other reason for crying possibly they're in pain and i need to get them to hospital for some sort of intervention to be done so it's good to know so that you are prepared as a mother psychologically and also know what to look out for. So it's helpful to know before you deliver. But even when you deliver, a blood sample can be taken off and a test is done quickly for you to know if you have a sickle or not. Thank you so much, doctor. But um, I, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your general remarks now mm, about mm, sickle cells mm, as we wind up uh, mm, the show. Mm, uh, this this session about sickle cells, mm, <laughs> not, it's not an easy one, so mm, please. Uh, you, so for mm. the ladies and the gentlemen out there, mm. just like we say for HIV, for sickle cell, know your status. Yeah. I know several couples that have gotten married without knowing their status, and once they have babies who are sicklers, it becomes a challenge. Some have actually separated because of the strain that it brings to the family when they have a sickler who is in and out of hospital. And then the fear of if I have another child and they are sickler, if I have five children and they are all sicklers. So it doesn't have to come to that as you get into a state where you feel like this is the person for me, these are some of the health checks that you need to do. Know your sickle cell status. And it's a simple test that takes a few minutes for you to know. If you are already there and you have a sickler, there is a lot of resource, there's a lot of information. Molago Hospital has a fully fledged sickle cell clinic dedicated to sicklers. Come and visit the clinic. Come and find out how can I support my child better. Um, I'd like to say also it is more prevalent or more common 
in central and eastern Uganda. Like I said, genetic predisposition. This is something to do with the genes. So if you are within central Uganda, your background, your heritage is within central and eastern Uganda, it is important that you know your sickle cell status. So do your testing for those who already have babies. Go with your babies and do the testing, especially if they have been telling you you have a bacterial infection all the time. Your child has a bacterial infection. Why the infection? So take your babies, know your status so that you can deal with some of these issues before they happen. Thank you, doctor. Um, I think now um, on one of the tests you have to do before you get married. Yes. When you're doing an HIV test, mm. you're doing a sickle cell test as well yes. so that you can know what you actually get into. Even when the show ends, uh, those questions can still be responded to. For now, I'll say bye-bye. I'll see you next time.